Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, it's an honor today. It's my time to... Thank you, church. You know, normally, um, Julian and I, we are the associate pastors of Encounter Church. If you are new to our church today, my name is Diana, and I'll be sharing the word with you. But uh, usually, you don't see me in the front. I like to be in the back, behind the scenes with the hospitality team, making sure that you are being greeted and that you are excited to be at church. But today, it's my privilege to share the word of God. And I have something in my heart that had been marinating for a very long time, for like nine months. So I'm going to be sharing with you very important things that I think the Lord wants to speak to you. But before that, while I get situated over here, I want you to um, not laugh at me, but laugh with me. I, I, I often think that God has a sense of humor. So three weeks ago, I, I decided, well, you know, because of longevity and health, that I was going to be part of this boot camp, right? I did not know what I was getting myself into. So um, their first class is at 4.45 in the morning, which is great for me because I'm here at, at 8 o'clock at work. So I was like, hey, you know what? I can wake up at 4. I do it all the time, so it's okay. You know? So I go in and... And I mean, yes, the name does not do its justice. I mean, the first day, so the first day I almost passed out. I had to stop the coach and see and tell her, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down because I'm a little bit dizzy, you know. And, and, and then she's like, did you eat something? And I'm thinking, who eats something at 4 in the morning, right? So she gives me an applesauce, right? And I'm like chugging that applesauce and, and I'm like, okay, here we go again. So that's the first day. The third day, they're like, okay, they're explaining what you're going to do. You're going to jump rope. I'm like, I have not jumped rope like in 20 years. So, you know, everybody's grabbing their rope and I'm here considering my life choices. And I'm like... Oh my gosh, this is the end of me, right? So the fourth day, they're like, okay, you got to run a quarter mile. And that's where my dignity just, you know, so I have no dignity. So if you ever see me running close to the Bank of America, don't even like honk your horn, you know. <laughs> Pretend that you do not know me, you know. Just, you know. Don't even like, yeah, acknowledge me, nothing, because I already have no dignity after going to this boot camp. And then, you know what the interesting thing is? Like, I, I go in, and I'm on the very back, because I'm thinking in my, you know, naive head, the coach is not going to see me. Well, the coach has eyes like the, the verse in Ezekiel, that it has eyes around it. Well, yes, she has eyes, and I'm like here working out, like almost dying to myself. And the coach is like, I see you, Diana, working really hard. And I'm like, don't see me. I'm dying here. I'm destroyed, you know. So anyways, that has nothing to do with the preaching today, but I believe that God has a sense of humor. And, and at church, we need to learn how to laugh. Some of us, our emotions, our face doesn't reflect our emotions. Some of us, we have too many emotions. 
but this is the kingdom of God. This is the beauty of the family of Christ. This is the church. The church is raw. The church is messy, you know, and, and the church is alive. And, and, you know, I have a word in my heart that the Lord has spoken to me, and I want to share that with you because I believe today the Lord will break the chains and will refresh your vision. He will restore your soul. He will bring redemption, okay? So... I want to tell you a little bit of a backstory, but before that, I have named this lesson, the, the preaching Lessons of the Valley, because God is the God of the valley. God is not only with us in the mountaintop, but He is with us in the valley. And so I learned this year, as I walked through the valley, four things. And many of you might not know this. Many of you that have been coming to church here uh, know that my family and I, and, and I'm sorry if I'm a little bit, you know, but I, I praise the Lord for what he has done in my family and in my life. So we're going to go through our roller coasters of emotions. You know, welcome to church. Uh, but I want to share with you, back in February, my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And this is the second time that we have walked through cancer with my dad. And the first time he had surgery, so it was supposed to be okay, you know. So he did his checkup this year in February, and the results came, came back. And if you're, you're familiar with prostate cancer, uh, the markers is called a PSA. So if your PSAs, this is for men, okay? Women do not have prostates. Uh, just, just letting you guys know, okay? So uh, if you're a man, your PSA, if it's high, that's, you know, that, that is a sign that there are cancer cells, okay? So my dad, he, his prostate was removed, and so he was not supposed to have any more cancer. But, you know, here we go again in March, and so... In the middle of all this, I really was not having it. This time around was very different because I was telling the Lord, and, and if you don't know my, my mom, if you, if you know my mom, she's usually in the welcome table, you know, so, and my dad uh, was not able to be here, but um, I really was struggling with that. I was struggling with the, with the idea that I had to walk with that again. Okay, if you have walked through illness, severe illness, cancer, reoccurring things, you, you know that, that it's not easy, okay? And the toll that it brings to the family, the toll that it brings to the caretaker and, and everything. So it's not easy. So the Lord gave me, he, he really taught me a lot of things. But from a lot of things, he taught me four things that are very pivotal in my life. And I want to share that with you. Um, one of the reasons why I was not having this situation is because um, I, we had to go to radiation. And radiation every day in Emory. And if you are familiar, Emory is pretty far away. I was, uh, my mom was working, and I, had, I was working, and my kids were in school. This was in May. Everything started in May. And, and, you know, it was just pretty chaotic. And I was just, you know, telling the Lord. The, the important thing here is, like, I never doubted the goodness of God. 
yet I was not having it, you know? I was, I was like, can we do this any other easy way? Can we, can he take a pill? Why, why, you know? So there was a little bit of like back and forth, back and forth with the Lord. And something that I learned very early on, and this is my first point, is do not resist the trial. Do not resist the trial. I want us to read Exodus 23, 20 through 21. Do we have it on the screen? If not, I have it. I'm super prepared. So it says, see, I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place I have prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. This verse came to me as one morning I was going back and forth with the Lord, trying to negotiate. How can we make this easier? You know, like, I don't want to travel this road. And I know you're a God that has plans for me, but I don't like the way that we are moving here. You know, I don't like this this thing, okay, so there was a lot of resistance, you know, resistance doesn't, um, resistance manifests itself in different things, in different ways, and in my way, I was not doubting the goodness of God, yet I was like, kind of like negotiating with him, and I just want to be very honest, uh, God doesn't, so, he's not surprised when you come like that, actually, he likes it, you know, he has something to tell you, so, you know, I was like, no, let's do it. It would be better if we do it this way and not that way. And, uh, and you know, like, can, can we find a, a, a hospital that is closer by, you know? And, and all these things were going in my head as I would wake up every morning. But this verse came to me. And when I read this verse and when the Holy Spirit spoke that, those words into my heart, I understood when Jesus was at the Garden of Gethsemane and he was telling the Lord, let your will be done and if I could, can you pass this cup from me? I was in the same situation. That was my garden. That was my Gethsemane. And so if Jesus would have resisted that Gethsemane, we wouldn't have seen Jesus die at the cross. So when I resisted, when I was trying to negotiate and resist the churning of my soul, I was telling the Lord, I know a better way than you do. But the Lord spoke to me that, and when he spoke to me, peace came over me, and I said, okay. I said, okay, I'm going to surrender this. As hard as it is, I'm going to surrender it. And the process of breaking began. The process of crushing began. It was not easy. My, my pride was crushed. And if you think that you don't have pride, uh, yes, good morning, you do have pride. Okay? If you think you have like that the Lord has crushed every bit of pride, no, no. Trust me. There's a little bit peeking its head. Okay? So he started crushing me. He started to reveal areas in my life that I needed more surrender. He started to polish my character a lot more, deeper roots in his word, because there was absolutely nothing that I could cling to but his word. 
There's a point where the Lord takes you through the trial where you, the only thing you can anchor yourself is the hope of the word. Because one day the, the doctors can tell you everything is looking good and the next day the doctors can tell you, oh no, it's not looking good. Okay, so when I understood, like the verse says, that he is sending an angel before me, that he is going to protect me on my journey, that he's going to lead me safely to the place that he is taking me. So I understood he was taking me there with my dad, with my family. When I understood that, when I would drive to Emory, I would say, Lord, you are preparing a place for us. Lord, you are, you are keeping us safe. Lord, my soul is safe with you. Lord, my end of days and, and my dad's end of days are, are good. You know, and so I said, when I would walk into that room, and let me tell you, if you've ever been to a cancer center or a radiation area, I cannot describe how it feels. It is like fear has a smell. Like I was sitting there with people that were literally on the end, like one side. There was a guy that I will never take that, that is so vivid. We would come in and he, he would be laying down of how sick he felt. It, it is a very scary place to be in a cancer center, radiation. It is, it is very, I mean, you really have to have your spirit full with the Lord. Your devotion has to be on point with the Lord because nothing will sustain you but him. And I would go in and I would say, you are leading us safely. You are leading my dad safely into that room in radiation. I declare angels in that place. I would command angels. Every day that I would wake up, I would say, Lord, you are preparing a table before me and you are nourishing me in the midst of my enemies. And I would say, I declare the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when I drive, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I see the angels. So I had to like prophesy to myself. Okay? So why is it important that we not resist the trial? Because the Lord develops character. The Lord develops endurance. The Lord develops perseverance. The Lord develops so many things that you thought that you had them, but you didn't really have them. Your foundation becomes strong. And so any, so from that day on, any time, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't want to go through that trial again. But the trials that I face or that we face as a family later on, I know because of that, that my foundation is strong in the solid rock. Okay? So that's point number one. That's the first lesson that I was... A, that I, the Lord said, do not resist the trial. The second thing is power in remaining. There is power in remaining. John 15, 5, the Amplified Version says, I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me, and I in him bears much fruit for otherwise Apart from me that is cut off from the vital union with me, you can do nothing. And why do we have power in remaining? 
I learned very quickly. I remember the Lord speaking to me about this specifically. And he explained to me something that I hadn't really understood for many years until, until now. He said, Diana, the, the point of going through a trial is not necessarily remaining in the trial, but being fruitful as you remain in me in the trial. You see, there's a difference between someone remaining, just remaining, and someone remaining and bearing fruit in the trial. Because the Bible speaks about that we are like trees planted through streams of water, that we give fruit in every season. So that, that idea that I'm not giving fruit, you're not giving fruit because you're not abiding in Jesus. You're not giving fruit because you're doing things in your own strength. Because I'm here to tell you that the time that I have given much fruit was in that time. So there's a, a difference between this table remaining here and this table serving a purpose yet multiplying that purpose. Okay? So the Lord says, you want to remain in me and abide in me. And what is the key to that is delight in the Lord. Sometimes we just do things because of routine and disciplines. And I'm not saying that that is bad. That is good. But when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, we need to delight in him. We need to delight in him. I am delighted when I am with Julian. The moment that delight is removed, then it becomes a burden. And we don't want to have a relationship with the Lord to be a burden. We want it to be a delight. So how does that look? How do I nurture that delight? Worship. Oh, but I don't know how to sing. Who cares? Me neither. So what do you do? You keep worship in your heart. You tell the Lord how much you love him. Lord, I love you. I would wake up and I say, Lord, you are the author of my life. You, I surrender to you. I come under your authority and I worship you. I don't like how this is going to be. I feel so tired, but I worship you. I worship you. So when you start worshiping, when you start removing the distractions, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, because if you look at your screen time, I'm pretty sure you spend at least four hours on those platforms. How much time are we spending in delighting in Christ? And then you're wondering, why don't you have any fruit in your life? Why you're still battling with the same things? It's because we have lost our fixation on him. The Bible says, fix your eyes on me, and then you will have peace. So we need to delight in him. We need to get on our knees, and we need to say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender this again, and again, and again, and this hurt, and this bitterness, and this offense, and this situation that didn't turn out like I wanted, I surrender it. I surrender my emotions. I surrender my feelings. I surrender my agenda, my plans. And you know what? We have a lot of plans. I had a lot of plans when this came into my life. And I remember talking to a friend and telling her, 
I don't, I mean, I was going to start this, and she said, so, uh, she said words to me that I will never forget. She said, well, this is not a surprise for God. He knew. And so what did I do? I started, I, I more delight in him. Lord, I delight in you. I put on worship nonstop. Worship music. I would pray with my kids a lot more. Sometimes they would tell me, okay, mom, can you do a short prayer? You know? <laughs> when, every time that, we, that I drive my kids to school, we always pray. But any, when it was my time, like, mom, can we do a short prayer? <laughs> you know, because I, yeah, I would open the heavens. <laughs> so, you know, so there is so much power in remaining. You want to be a person that gives fruit in the trial and out of the trial, in the mountaintop and in the valley. You want to be a person that, that your purpose is useful. Oh, does that mean that I'm not? No, you are useful, but there is a divine purpose. You know, David did not resist the field when he was like against the lion and the bear. If he would have resisted the field, he wouldn't have had the character to be king. So do, we do not resist and we remain in Christ and we abide in him and we let him prune those branches that do not bear fruit. Okay? That's my second point. That's my second lesson. Are you guys good? Okay. Don't, don't, don't sleep. If you see that your neighbor is falling asleep, just like really strongly nudge him. You know? No, just kidding. Just kidding. Anyways, the, the, the third lesson is silence is key. Silence is key. Yes, guys. Silence is key. In order for me to listen, in order for me to obey, I need to listen. In order for me to know, I need to be quiet. In order for me to understand, I need to quiet my thoughts in my, in, my, in my soul. So I learned very early on about the power of silence. Some of us, including myself, would go into the presence of the Lord with a lot of chitter-chatter, you know, because there's a lot in our hearts. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of burdens in my heart that I need to unload to the Lord. And so the first thing that I would do would be just unloading and the, the list would go on. And, and I could picture the Lord saying, like, well, are, are you done? You're going to let me speak? But there's moments in our lives as we go through trials and situations that you don't even know how to articulate those. And I remember being, waking up really early. I wake up very early to, to meet with the Lord. I mean, very early, not even, the, not, not even the roosters are up, you know. And, and I was sitting there, and I just couldn't articulate what was in my heart, in my soul. There are no words, so I couldn't say anything. And I remember just being quiet and letting the worship music just soak over me and letting the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he began ministering to me because the Lord ministers to us. And he began ministering to me. In my silence, he began to minister to me. I often think that when Paul was incarcerated, when the Bible says that he was put in jail, I think that Paul, there was moments in Paul's life where he had no words and the Lord would minister to him. And that's why we have so many powerful things out of the life of Paul. 
So silence is key. Yes, the Lord wants to hear our prayers. But sometimes he wants to minister to us songs of deliverance. Because sometimes the trials are so strong. So strong. The burdens are so heavy. The decisions are so vital, you don't even know what to do, that you really need to listen and be, be silent. And for long periods of time, even to this day, I learn that rhythm of silence. What do you have for me today, Holy Spirit? What do you want to tell me? And he would minister to me. And he will tell me things that I needed to focus. In the most random of, you know, during the day, I was folding clothes one time. And I remember the Lord spoke to me specifically about something, about someone that is not even here. <laughs> and, and the Lord will speak to me. And I was, this is so random. And the Lord said, go and contact her and tell her this. And I, and I did exactly what the Lord told me. So when we are silent... He is ministering to us, and he's giving us instructions, okay? And I want to read to you Psalms 32, 6 through 7. That's the amplified version. And it says, therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you for forgiveness. In a time when you are near and may be found, surely when the great waters of trial and distressing times overflow, they will not reach the spirit in him. You are my hiding place. You, Lord, protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. Selah. That means silence. Many of us, our hearts are so, like, worked up. Our souls are so worked up. Our minds are so worked up. And you say to yourself, the Lord doesn't speak to me. I'm in a dry season. No, that's not true. The Lord is ministering to you songs of deliverance. But you got to let him speak. You got to quiet your soul. You got to quiet your mind. And you know what? It's not easy. The first day, I mean, I couldn't articulate, but I had a list of things that I needed to do at work. So I'm going to give you practical things when that happens. Okay? How can you quiet your soul when your mind has a list of things, of things that you have to do? Because the enemy is very, he, he's very um, strategic. He will make you forget about those things. But when you come to the Lord and in his presence, he will start reminding you of the things that you don't even like need it to do. And you think it's urgent. So what do you do? Okay, so you first go into the presence of the Lord and you ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? And then that list comes. You have to email this person or you have to go check this thing or you have to send another email. So, you know, you, you, grab, a, you grab a notebook. If you, don't, if you don't journal, at least grab a piece of paper, <laughs> you know, and write. Uh, check email and all that stuff and then put it aside. And Holy Spirit, Welcome. I welcome you. I welcome you. And put some worship music. And the Holy Spirit will start to minister to you. You don't need words. You need to listen. Some of us have issues because we do not know how to obey. We have issues with obedience. And that is the verse that says, do not rebel against him. In Exodus, because you will be rebelling, 
He's a representative of God. So do not rebel. Do not resist. Let the spirit of God come upon you. Oh, but I don't, I don't know what kind of worship. I don't know. Find something in Spotify. You know? Like, this is not complicated, guys. This is not complicated. God wants obedience more than sacrifices. God doesn't care how much you serve. God cares if you obey. And we have issues in our lives because we do not obey, because we do not listen, or because we want to um, excuse the word of God with our own understanding. Excuse me, if you don't know how to recognize the word of God from your voice, you need to be in the prayer room. You need to be on your knees. If you do not recognize, if I don't recognize those two voices, I need to spend more time in delight in the presence of God. Because let me tell you something, the trials are going to be heavier, they're going to be stronger, the waves are higher, but your God is much higher. But in order for me to ride that wave, I need to be delighting in the presence of God. I need to be listening. What do you have for me? That song just came into my, into my head. There's a song that said something, anyways, I'm not going to explain it from a movie. Um, so... I'm telling you guys, the Lord wants to speak to you. He wants to tell you the most little, the, the little tiny details of your life. And, and I'm, I'm going to share this story really fast before I move on. I, I want to tell you how important you are to God and your prayers and your details and your requests. I was praying, I remember when, when Sophia, we were going to move Sophia to, to switch her to, to the school that she's in right now. And I remember the last teacher that she had on that other school, she just left. And we did not know why. We, there, there was a lot of issues with that school. And I just couldn't talk to her. And I was in the midst of like, should we move her? I even told Julian, should we move Sophia to this new, like, what should we do? And I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the Lord that I find that teacher somewhere in Kennesaw. So I pray. I did not have her phone, no email, nothing. She left the school just like that. And I remember praying and telling the Lord, Lord, I pray that I find this teacher. I pray that I find her somewhere. You are the God that is powerful. And you know the well-being of Sophia. And you know what she needs. And I pray that I find this teacher and that that teacher tells me exactly what I need to hear. And one day we were at Costco. And guess who we found? The teacher. And you know what she said? Get your kid out of that school. So I'm telling you. That's how important you are to God. There is no minor detail in your life that he cannot answer. I have so many stories about specifically like that. I, had a, I also have another story about this past uh, school year with Sophia. I was praying, Lord, I pray for a teacher that she will understand the ministry and that she will understand how to have kids in school. And how to come those together. And I would pray and I would pray and I would pray. And out of a sudden, her second grade teacher, she became, she's one of my, my friends. And we were in a conversation and she said, oh, yeah, I understand ministry. You know, God, he answers everything. You are so important to God. 
the smallest details, if you ask him, he will respond. He will. Like, I don't know how to tell you this, but he will. I'm not sure if maybe you are just, maybe, for, maybe you are, you know, like, maybe you have an idea that God is distant, but he is not. I'm here to tell you, he is not. He's not distant, and I don't know who told you that, but that is not the God that I know. And so that's why silence is very key. And my last point is community is vital. I want to read Exodus 17, 10 through 12. It says, so Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of the Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Ur climbed to the top of the nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever, the, whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Ur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on the side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. And this point is so key, and I know I, I'm probably going to touch a lot of wounds, because a lot of us have church hurt. But I want to tell you something, because I do believe that the Lord wants to redeem that area in your life the way he redeemed in my life many years ago and I want to tell you why community is so important I really really want to emphasize on this because personally beside my devotion to the Lord it was the one-on-one -on -one ministry times and prayers with many of you guys it was the times in the altar the ministry times in the altar. It was the times where I came to church when we had discipleship group, when I had discipleship group, when I had discipleship group as a group, and when I had discipleship group one-on-ones. That was my community, and that was the church. Because you, church, and I stand on behalf of my family today to thank you because you extended a hand to this pastor that many of you probably didn't know very, very close. Some of you are not very close to us. But you extended a hand, a generous hand. You prayed for us. You prayed for my family. Some of you gave so many things abundantly. out, of, And I, you have no idea how thankful I am for the church that we pastor. Because it was your prayers, your ministry times, your times, your texts, your messages, your calls, the discipleship groups. It was the church that held my hands and the hands of my family. It was the church that put, it, that put a stone under me and lifted my hands when we were going through that trial. And because of time, I cannot tell you the stories after stories of the faithfulness of God revealed through the church, revealed through the body of Christ.
And maybe you're here with a church hurt, trying to give God a, another opportunity. Maybe you're here with a, a wound in your heart because something happened at a church. But let me tell you something. I was the same person as you sitting on a seat because I had so many wounds that came directly from a pastor. And I had to forgive. Years ago, I had to make a decision because my calling was at stake. My calling was at stake. I remember the day that I said, I do not want to be a pastor and I do not want to be a prophet of God. And you know what? I turned away and I said, Lord, I will serve you, but I will not be a pastor. And the Lord had to deal with me five years that I had to release the offense, release the unforgiveness. And I had to come to the altar and I had to do so many things at the altar because of that. Because of one person, but that person didn't represent Jesus. Jesus, he's not like us. He doesn't make mistakes. And so I want to tell you, welcome to the church. The church will hurt you, not the church. The people, us, we will hurt you because we are human beings that are being processed by God. We are in the process. Welcome to church. Oh, but she didn't look at me in the eyes. Welcome to church. You look at them in the eyes. Oh, they didn't say hi to me. You say hi to him. Oh, but when I send the email and the text, they didn't respond. You respond. You be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. And you know what? Five years, five years went by and I surrendered and I kept surrendering and I kept surrendering. And I went to the prayer closet and I went to have ministry time. Finally, one day, that thing was like gone. And I remember that day. Where I said, Lord, forgive me. Because I know that I'm supposed to be a pastor. I'm supposed to speak the word of God. And I embrace it again. Has it been easy? Do I still have issues with people? Yes, it's like a gym, you know? Like you don't go to the gym and everybody's like super, I don't know, lean and... No, you go to the gym and you have a lot of different sizes and weights, you know? And like when I was trying to jump that rope, it wasn't the weight of his glory that was going to come down. It was something else, you know? <laughs> so welcome to church. It's raw, it's messy, it is great, and it's glorious. And God wants to restore that. We need to be at church. We need to be a church. Oh, but I don't find the perfect church. Let me tell you something. Something that's very important when we go to a church, and if you're visiting us because you don't know where your church should be, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. When you go to church, don't go with what's in for me. Go, how can I advance the kingdom of God? Because church nowadays is focused on what for me, for me. No, this is not corporate. If you want something for yourself, go work at a corporate. Climb the, the, the ladder of success. But ministry is not that way. We advance the kingdom. With my abilities, with my skills, whatever I have, we advance it. The church is necessary. The church, we need to be awakened. 
Oh, so many, I, I don't like this and all these things and so young, they're too young and they're too old and, and they do worship like this and happy, happy, sad, sad songs and, and all that. Just worship. Let's just worship. You need a discipleship group. You need community in your life. You need someone to lift up your hands like Aaron and Ur did in Moses, with Moses. Oh, no, no, I don't know. They hurt me so much. Welcome to the world. Nobody's perfect. We're in the process. But you want to be found fruitful in the process. You know, and as I close, we're going to come into ministry time. I'm going to invite the worship team because I really think, and I'm going to open the altar. I don't know if you, um, just something resonated in your heart with those four lessons. Maybe you're resisting the trial. Maybe you are not being fruitful as you remain. Maybe you have something in your heart against the community that the church brings. I don't know what it is. Maybe you, you're a chitter-chatter in the presence of God. I don't know how you resonate with what you resonated. I don't know where you are in your journey with the Lord. But I'm here to tell you that God is a God that does miracles. A couple of weeks ago, I, I really wanted to wait to tell you this. This is a praise report. A couple of weeks ago, I went into my dad's portal because they did some testings, and, and I posted this in, in the prayer a few weeks ago, that my dad was going to undergo testings to see if the radiation had worked and if we needed to, you know, what we needed to do next. And, of course, there's a lot of fear when, when you're, you know, what's next. And I went into my dad's portal for Emory, and to my surprise, and to the glory of God, I stand here saying, my dad has no cancer. And, and, and you know what? I wanted to say this face to face to the church. As a pastor, I'm very thankful for you, for praying with us, for sustaining our hands in the midst of the trouble, for the discipleship groups, for every word, for all the ladies that I disciple, because they were my errands and my earth. And you have no idea how powerful the church is until you experience something like this. And maybe you have experienced the power of the church. I don't know what it is. But I praise the Lord because if it wasn't for this valley, I wouldn't have learned how powerful God is in this aspect. And I want us to, to you know, just, we're going to stand up and, and we're, I, I want you guys to open your hands. And right now we're not going to have um, no one praying for you. Because I believe that the Lord wants to sing songs of deliverance over you. Some of you are going through trials, very hard trials. And God is a way maker. 
He makes a way where there seems to be no way. Maybe you're going through financial situations. Maybe in your job you don't know what to do. Maybe, I, I do not know what exactly you, your need is. But I'm going to open the altar. And feel free to come and worship the Lord your heart out. The worship is going to sing. And let's just come together and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.